Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and here is Martin Grunberg. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Nick, it is terrific to be here. How you doing, buddy? I am doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I, I keep wondering if we need to change up that open, but it's what comes natural. Maybe it's a habit. Exactly, exactly. We're just developing habits right away. That's, We're that's developing it. habits whether we want to be or not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so things are good in your world? Yes, yes. Re- cool. Really good. So you got a GTR? You want me to start? Uh, I do, actually. Um, and then, so I just recently launched a course, and kind of along with that, I did my very first uh, webinar. Uh, so that was something that I was actually surprisingly nervous about, uh, oh. but it went really well, and people uh, really received it well and were very happy with it. So I, I was excited, and yeah, that's definitely my GTR for this this week. That's a great GTR. And what did you use for a um, webinar tool? I actually used uh, like a, it's basically a video conferencing platform called zoom.us. And okay. so, yeah, I just had everyone kind of sign in and I w- shared my screen and had my video on and everyone else is turned off and muted. And we just kind of went through and did a little webinar that way. Well, that's cool. I love checking and asking because... I know there are literally dozens of tools, and uh, it seems a new one pops up every day. I love a product back when I was doing webinars more frequently, something called Meeting Burner. Meeting. And I haven't done it in a while, but uh, I'm assuming they're still in business and doing well. It's a great product as well. Nice. So, my GTR is. I got to keep this, try to keep this tight, hopefully around 20 minutes or so, um, right after we're done here. Um, I'm headed over to our school sports banquet, and I'm going to hand out a few awards to some of our soccer players. Um, I feel like it's worth mentioning because while we, we are loaded with talent, a bunch of really good club players, the awards are going to, and the awards are like spirit, MVP, most improved, and they're all going to go to the non-club players because it's really, you know, it's not a club environment. It's it's a middle school, and I just want to reward these girls for, for getting outside their comfort zone and challenging themselves to you know, play at a higher level. So anyhow, that's going to be fun. So, So, all right. You know what we're doing today? Yeah. I was just going to ask, what is our big topic for today? The, the big topic is four monster myths about habit development. Can you, and I always say this not to put you on the spot, but can you think of one thing you've heard about habit development that may or may not be true it doesn't just give me something um I, you, hmm. so the first thing i think that pops into mind was actually that it takes uh, 21 days to develop a habit 
Ding, ding, ding. All right. So that is top of the list. We'll kick that off right there. So, and I believe we've chatted about this, but not in so much of a direct fashion. So I'm going to tee it up. If you're out there, you're listening, you're driving around, or you've somehow picked this up, the thought or idea that you can develop a habit in 21 days is going to prove frustrating for you. So check that at the door. Um, I want to talk about where that originated. And, and in fact, um, it goes back to a terrific program, something called Psycho Cybernetics. Have you, are you familiar with that, Nick? I am. I have actually right there on my bookshelf. I can see it. Awesome. And the audio's terrific as well. I mean, it's really, really good. So here's Maxwell Maltz. He's the author. And of course, his origin is entirely outside of psychology. He's a plastic surgeon. But what he's noticing as he's working with some people who've actually been in horrible accidents and maybe lost a limb is that that kind of phantom feeling began to go away around the 21st day. And he noted, noticed this sort of pattern, whether it was cosmetic surgery or, again, a phantom limb. So he began to surmise that the brain kind of rewires and habits develop by 21 days. Now, A, I want to say again, his program is brilliant. And B, I think we can amend that statement, actually. Let's say that they begin, they, didn't, they aren't formed in 21 days, but they begin to be formed in 21 days. And I want to reference a study. It's the European Journal of Social Psychology. I believe it was 09. In fact, it's, it's a bit crazy because at the time I didn't even know it had come out. Um, it coincides exactly pretty much with the debut of the Habit Factor app. And, and yeah, I mean, totally incidental and unknown to me was this study, but it validated some other things we'll talk about later. But, but I'm bringing it up now because what they demonstrated in working with 100 participants, Nick, was that it took about 66 days on average to develop a habit or really what they noticed, they called it, formed uh, automaticity. So it was this idea that things, things kind of began to become automatic around 66 days on average. So, and I can tell you from my experience in, in working and doing this now for, oh, I mean, of course, the Habit Factor existed before the app and the book came out a couple of years. So that would bring us back, um, anyways, I think it's about eight years. And I will just tell you that habit development can vary from as quick as around a month to as long as a year or more. And that is because of, and we talked about this kind of magic triangle before. Do you recall, again, I know I'm putting you on the spot, the three key ingredients that are needed for habit development? Um, I'm not sure if I remember these exactly, right. but it's like the basically isn't it like a routine, um, some sort of trigger, and I cannot think of the third one. 
Well, this is people are going to think we reward. We, 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 yeah, people are going to think we actually prepared this. So that's actually myth number two, <laughs> which is beautiful because that's a great segue. But I'll just finish. So the three things that are required, and this is according to Dr. Stephen Covey, is and or I should say are skill, knowledge, and desire. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of this magic trifecta. So the habit factor in a lot of ways can provide much of the knowledge and the skill, if it's tying your shoes, you bring that. But really the desire is the big X factor. And that's where people struggle. And of course, that is why you can have such a great variance in habit development. If you don't want to develop the habit, it's going to take far longer than if you do. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what are those three? Knowledge, skill, and desire. And habit resides at that intersection, habit development, okay? Yes. So we're good. So, But I love because you gave me a natural segue to kind of beat down cue routine reward, which has been popularized – largely by a book, a terrific book called The Power of Habit. Love the book. Um, and so that you're probably saying, so, so what's the problem with, with cue routine reward? So what, what does that tell you? Well, you have a cue, which could be a person, place, thing, event. I, you know, I finished my lunch. I want to go have a smoke, right? right. I finished my breakfast. I want to have a coffee. Uh, you know, it works for good habits, it works for bad habits. But the challenge is it was positioned as this. So let me back up real quick and say that the power of habit is at least 300 pages. And it's just that it, it'll tell you how great and powerful habit is. And it's exactly what I'd want you to know. The, the challenge is at the end, at the end of the book, People finish it and they wonder, okay, now how do I create a habit? Mm. And to that end, at at the end of the book, there's an appendix. There's about 10 pages. And the author talks about how he kind of modified his cookie habit. So if you want to see the video, just Google Q routine reward. But what I'm suggesting to you is that by analyzing that, you're looking backwards. You're saying, what is the Q? I finished my lunch. I want to have a smoke. Routine is the behavior itself, right? I walk outside, go to my car, pull out my pack of smokes, and then I hang out with my buddies and we all smoke. So cue, routine, and reward is this feeling that, sweet, I just scored some nicotine. So far, so good? Yes, yes. So... The challenge is, how does that help? And this is why it's one of the myths. How does that help you develop a new habit? And what it's lacking, as we know, coming from the world of the habit factor, is any sort of specific methodology going forward. So we look back, we say, oh, that's my cue, that's my routine, that's my reward. But the power of habit, unfortunately, leaves out are important things like tracking, planning. So you remember we reviewed the PAR methodology, right? Mm -hmm. 
plan, act, record, and then reassess after 28 days. So, oops. How do we kill that? Sorry about that, buddy. No worries. <laughs> That's special. Um, so, the thought here is that Q routine reward is not it it's not incredibly it's helpful but it's not incredibly helpful for you to develop a habit remember this is titled four monster myths about habit development Q routine reward as you said earlier is you thought was the key ingredients to develop a habit well it's not the smartest computer in the world right is only kind of as good as the question that's inputted. Yes, right. So so the good news is Q routine reward gives you half of it. It it helps you get clarity on what the the problem is. So for that it's tremendously valuable. It also comes from basically scientists observing mice. So what they saw was the mice were going quicker through the maze, developing a habit to get a reward, a piece of cheese. The challenge is you probably, you don't need, when you go to the gym, you lift weights and you don't need to eat a piece of cake afterwards. You have some intrinsic rewards. You know, you feel good, probably have an endorphin high. So there's an intrinsic reward, but there's not necessarily a requirement for an extrinsic reward, right? Right. So it just kind of brings you back to it's half the battle. It's good to know. It's also very important to understand that the key to habit development is planning, acting, recording, which is tracking plus notes, and then reassessing, all of which, of course, is explained in the app or the book. Got it? Got it. Awesome. So... I will move to number three because, again, we're trying to do this quickly. Um, three is consecutive days. So one of the great myths is, well, if I miss a day, I'm screwed. You know, like I, I'm trying to develop a running habit. If I, if I miss a day, it's not going to work. Well, the answer is probably for running, is, it's a good example because that – is probably something you may not want to be doing every day. And it lends itself to this idea that to develop a habit, it's about consistency over time. And it's not about consecutive days. And incredibly, that study um, I referenced earlier, the European Journal supports this. So there's science that supports this, but I didn't have any idea about that. So when, when we developed the habit factor app, we allowed for target days, right? So you might say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to write my book. And the good news is, again, the science supports this. And if you do that consistently week after week after week, you will develop some automaticity and the habit will begin to form whether or not it's daily is not a key factor. Got it? Got it. 
Any questions so far? We're through three. No, and I think that third one's an important one that people often don't realize. So I, th I think that was great. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, the fourth one is really this idea that, <clears throat> and it's funny because I, I guess it should. I keep saying it comes back to the app, but, but one of the early criticisms of the app was somebody was like, what are you talking about? When you, when you set up a habit, you create a tracking period. And the idea of a tracking period is so you have the ability to look back and reassess how you did. So I may say June 10th to July 10th, and, and ideally it's 28 days, but let's just go with that. I'm going to do my writing habit three times a week for 40 minutes. So then I look back and I say, how, how did I do? Do I need to up the ante or do I need to lower it? But the, the big criticism was I want my habit forever, this, this lady wrote in an email, I believe. Um, it was a long time ago, but, but I heard it kind of over and over. I don't understand tracking periods. I want my habit to last forever. And then, of course, that ties into this myth. Don't habits just last forever? And what do you think about that? I'm actually going to say no. Uh, they need to be <laughs> maintained a little bit. Correct. And it, it depends on all sorts of factors. But, but yeah, I know if, if I cease running um, for any great period of time, that is a habit that will die off. So the idea of tracking period brings us back to exactly what you're talking about. It's conditioning. And there's even another term um, social psychologists use. It's habit strength. It's this idea, of course, as you track and you follow this process, over time, the automaticity becomes greater and the habit strength becomes greater. Somebody who's tracked running religiously for eight months is going to have a much stronger habit and be a much better runner and well-conditioned, and it's going to be very hard for them, probably harder to stop, right, than, uh, than it was originally to start. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but, but the myth is that habits just last forever. And it brings us back to, and it always does, is this idea of, of tracking, planning, right? Going through the PAR methodology. Mm -hmm. and I so, guess, so, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for that, like, uh, for whatever reason, like an image that comes to mind is that, you know, a lot of times people will talk about habits as getting into like driving in ruts in like a field or something like that where you you know, you're, it's easy to stay in them once you get in those ruts, but just think like if the, the path turns and you don't turn the wheel, wheel on the car, you're going to drive out of those ruts. They're not necessarily that deep of ruts. So you have to actually correct course as well along the way. That's great. Yeah. I've heard that analogy as well as you're, you're almost carving this path by use. So if you yes. stop the use, um, that path will over time fill up, <laughs> right? Right. And, and with who knows what, 
dirt, mud, weeds, animals, and then and then you got to reforge that path all over again. Yeah. So so conditioning the habit, using tracking, planning, and increasing the habit strength over time is essential to habit development. And like I think it's important too that people need to realize that life is your life is going to change a little bit you know you, your the environment you're in is going to change a little bit so the habits that you have will need to adapt a little bit you know they'll need to change with your life you know if you go from being a singler single bachelor to married with kids like you're not going to be able to have the exact same habits well it's great and and I'm beating a <laughs> a drum here but that's the idea behind the methodology that you can set up you and I can both take this free tracking sheet yes. that the Habit Factor gives away and you, single guy, no kids, and I can craft and configure our the tracking of our habits differently. I may say, look, there's no way I can do X, Y, Z on weekends because of soccer, this, that, but I know I can write you know, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, so I'm going to plan it, I'm going to act, I'm going to track, and then I'm going to reassess after four weeks. So I think it's it's great that you bring that up because the idea is you can tweak this, you can customize this to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, well, and I, just to reiterate, like you need to make sure you're spending time reviewing these habits every once in a while because, you know, as your life changes, you, you know, you, you need to make adjustments on things. Uh, on two on two levels, the first is make sure it's aligned with your major goal, Absolutely. and and the other is how how many you know habits are you going to be tracking here? What's ideal? And the ideal is three, no more than five, because that will maintain your focus, and it's really a terrific feeling because what comes with this is self-efficacy, right? It's this idea that. You can create an effect. You can you set up the plan, and then as you check it off, you actually feel like you're in control, and you're gaining momentum. So it works on very, you know so many different levels. Awesome, awesome. Well, Martin, do you have any final words to kind of close us out on this episode? I do. <laughs> Just one, real quick. So some people and I've written about this numerous times, will say, and I've heard this, so it, it drives me a little crazy. Well, I'm not, I'm not very disciplined, or I'm not that disciplined. And why does that drive me crazy? Any idea? Uh, because discipline is not like an innate thing. It's something you develop. <laughs> yes, it's a habit. <laughs> Bingo. Yes. So if discipline is not your thing... Don't use that as an excuse. Track it. I mean, part of the whole idea is to plan, act, and record. And yes, you develop that habit. So you start low and you track. And so anyhow, that's my final thought is uh, there really are no excuses. Set the bar really low. Start with three habits and you'll bust all these habit myths and you'll prove to yourself you can really essentially achieve, I want to say, any goal, but I don't know what your goals are, uh, as long as you're developing the supportive habits. So there you go, buddy. 
think we're good. Thank uh, you. Great awesome. job. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Habits to Goals podcast. I'm so excited that you could be here with us as we explore the habit factor and how habits can actually change your life. We'd love to hear what your big takeaways were from the epi- this episode. Simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash podcast. You can find all the episodes, all the previous episodes, and the show notes there, as well as all the resources that were mentioned in this episode of the podcast. I also really want to encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever podcast player you listen to because we are delivering a brand new episode to you each and every single Monday and I don't want you to miss a single one. So simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash iTunes and leave uh, and subscribe there. We'd also really encourage you, if you enjoy these episodes, the best way to show your appreciation is to simply go leave a review on iTunes because that helps so many other people find the podcast and realize that this is the podcast for them that could really have an impact in their life, their business, and in just their happiness and wellness. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember to go out there and create habits that lead to your success. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.